Dion. You're listening to Rock Capital. My name is Stefan, and we talk all good rock music and Melbourne, and sometimes metal albums. Tonight, or today, wherever, whatever you're listening to this, we're going to have what I'm calling the metal sludge match between three awesome people. So I'm here, Stefan, and I'm here with Ryan. Hello there. Ryan is back from the last two episodes. Ryan is uh, making his mark on this podcast in a huge way. Yep. And we have Reese is back too. Hello. Hello, Reese. How are you? I'm fine, Ryan. How are you? I'm I'm very good. Yeah. So so look. So Reese, you're back again. It's been a while. It has. It's and been a long uh, time. on episode two, you. Uh, so the, the purpose this this episode is we're trying to decide which is the worst of these three albums. I was, originally, I was going to go. Everyone was going to pick their favorite, but it was a bit hard because I don't like any of these records so it's hard for me to and, defend one and i and i like two of them ryan does like one <laughs> so the three records were lulu from lou reed and metallica one that we've already just already discussed twice yeah and so i think this is going to be the final time we talk about it yes um but i think it's important for reese and ryan to sell their differences on this album too mm-hmm. and the second album is so i'll be on team hate for lulu and Ryan will be on Team Hate for Saint Anger by Metallica, yep. one of the most infamous rock metal records in history until Lulu came out. And <laughs> before that, actually, the most infamous rock or metal album was... Metal Me- Machine Music. Yes, and Reese will be by, on by, Team Hate for this album. By our boy Lou Reed. We have our own anthem at Team Hate Metal Machine Music. Which is, you said that in the second episode of the show you're going to defend Lulu, but then you didn't bother and it sounded like you didn't really listen to it to the point in which you admitted you skipped some through some bits of songs. Which, good job, by the way. <laughs> it's a long album. It's really not it's, that long. It's a like, really the thing is, long album. The thing is, St. Anger's only like six minutes shorter than it. <laughs> Oh yeah, I forgot. San Anger's like an hour and fifteen, 15 minutes, yeah. and that, and then and like we made Lulu, you sit and, through it. And Lulu's like an hour and like, you know, like eighteen or something. So it's like so technically the one I'm hating today is shorter than your two albums. Yeah. So yeah, but your one says nothing at all with that time. <laughs> That's a lyric, lyric, oddly enough. Uh, <laughs> look, here, look, you, you came on. You you said you're going to talk about Lulu. Your whole thing was I'm going to defend Lulu. You you didn't even delve into anything. You were just like I like one song, and then you're like, oh, and I like another. You couldn't even be bothered to remember the first song's <laughs> name off the album that you apparently liked. You didn't talk about like how the like Lou Reed, how much of a Lou Reed album it is. You kind of begrudgingly said it is but then moved on and it's like oh okay and you were more infatuated with the fact that there was <laughs> behind the scenes drama which in the end doesn't matter because there's just the album itself right right <laughs> now I have a whole episode of this show in which I go into the nuances of Lulu and why I think it's personally underrated and uh, it's a great Lou Reed album and Metallica's there for the fun I guess so a lot. There were a lot of flaws in what I said was a supposed defense of Lulu. It was more of a defense of one song, and that's it. 
which is, which is true. Mi- I did not defend Lulu. You didn't mention. You didn't even mention how good frustration was. And I, that's like the best. Because, one. Yeah, because I didn't. You skipped through it. Probably I'd probably skipped through it until Ryan <laughs> made it aware <laughs> that it has so many great lines. It has so many great lines, but <laughs> it still doesn't rank as Lou Reed's best. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. It's still pretty great for the latter part of his career. It was his last major release? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I can't remember when he did that song with Gorillaz. 2010, so it was the year before. Year before, so, yeah. So, Lulu is the last stamp, essentially, yeah. of Lulu. I mean, Lulu Reed. Yeah. L- I'm calling him What Lulu. a fun album to end on. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's, I think fun's an understatement. Uh, I have fun with Lulu. I know you have fun with Small Lulu. Small town girl! <laughs> Which is my favourite line. Um, only. I think I think Jer- the the way Journey put it in their song, uh, "Don't Stop Believing," <laughs> oh, "Small Town Girl." Oh God, that's you know that's just now, the warm up for. In that song, did Journey also say, "Don't stop believing in dog prostitutes"? Because that's a lyric, "Dog prostitutes" <laughs> in in Lulu, no, which you do not do. you I do think, not like. I think Stephon. Journey don't would not take that step like Lulu. Well, Lulu is the brave one. Journey uh, are cowards. They would not. Oh, they would not even no, dare no. to have lines that Lou Reed sung on Lulu, like "giant spermless, like a girl." They, they would never even dare to team up with Metallica for a weird avant-garde album about age and death. They would not threaten. Johnny would not threaten their mainstream appeal because, fun fact, at least a few years ago. Uh, that song became the most downloaded song on iTunes ever, and I think it's partly because he was on Glee. Yeah, so and I, I like disappointed <laughs> Lulu wasn't on Glee. Oh, could yeah. you imagine if Glee did Lulu though, like as an episode? Like, can, like, could you imagine how good it would be if that little, like, the little creepy guy in the wheelchair, like, spun his wheels and he was just like little dog? <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. I would love it if Jane Lynch had like her mega. Like her megaphone, and she's like screaming, "I'm giant spermless." I think she needs to do the whole album. Jane I Lynch. would love if Jane Lynch did a spoken word version of Lulu. The whole S- thing. Small town girl goes really well with Glee, actually. Yeah, it would. But you're not a fan of Glee, Stefan. And I think one of the things that I've noticed recurring in the previous two episodes was you didn't really get to say much on what you actually really do hate about Lulu. Like, it was yeah. more like you were astonished in the first one that, st- that like, that Reese came on to say nothing. And that's and then episode this- two of Rock I Capital. I said something. Hang and on. Then- episode <laughs> two of Rock Capital, Reese came on, and the whole time I was confused. I was just like, okay, let's go to your defense. And you had to spend more time arguing that St. Anger sucks to him because he was like, wait, people don't like St. Anger? And you're like, oh, yes, they don't. I mean, and then the second time around when we talked about it, you were being respectful of my opinions of mm-hmm. being like, hey, he's merit here. And you're like, you know what? There is merit, but I personally don't like the album still. So hit us with your hate. Well, I think being 90 minutes long for a start <laughs> is not fun. Um, you have to earn that amount of time on an album. Yeah. Um, how long is Metal Machine Music, Reese? Do you remember? An uh, hour. An hour. Hour. Each, yep, exa- each track each is, is sixteen like, minutes long, so it's exactly an hour. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll talk about that when I get to, when I when we get to you. But <laughs> look, this, you know, we didn't have a Metallica album for a number of years. You know, we got that Beyond Magnetic, which was the um, the EP of of bonus of unused tracks from their two thousand eight or two thousand nine Death Magnetic album. So we hadn't we didn't we didn't get a Metallica album for about eight years after that, for when they finally released. Um, 
what's it called again, Reese? Um, oh, it's right here in front of me, actually. Hardwired to self-destruct. Um, memorable, for, memorable, was, such a memorable album, you couldn't remember it. It is a memorable mm. album. Is it, though? I yeah, just went blank for a second. No, it's, it's a great as, album. It's as memorable as Berlin. Mm. There you go. <laughs> ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> Putting them on the same pedestal is amusing to me. Oh, um, go on. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> fight let's have a new episode called reese compared that album to this album and uh, ryan is astonished <laughs> oh you're astonished by me for once oh i'm always shucks. i'm always astonished by reese anyway continue your hatred. so this avant-garde metal is that how you say that avant-garde avant-garde, avant-garde. what did you yeah. say did, what did you say? Ant <laughs> Yeah. The um, newest ant protection for your house, Ant Special brand, Lulu. <laughs> so they released the first song, which is The View. And yeah, I will say The View has a good riff. The that view, was the single. Yeah, The View gets better with more listens. That's, yeah, it has a good riff, a heavy riff, and I was happy about that. And because, you know, Metallica did some soft albums in the 90s, and then they had whatever St. Anger was in 2003. Um, Raw. Well. So I know this album is based on two, on two plays, and I didn't really know about that until I just read on Wikipedia just then. But to be honest, I don't care. I don't, I don't care what, if it's based on a play, because the lyrics are stupid. Really? <laughs> Come on, man, they're stupid. You've they're already not, mentioned a few. What are your favourite Lulu lines? Lulu lines? Like, genuine lines? All from, of them, from, any of them. From, from, I do genuinely love the whole verse in which he's talking about, on Frustration, which I've said is my favourite song, where he's talking about how he's dry and spermless, like a girl, how he wants you to... How he wants you to be his wife but at the same time he doesn't because he doesn't feel like he earns the right to be loved and to have love he also talks about in his lyrics about gender identity on a level because Lou Reed's always kind of talked about gender stuff and I like the lyrics and frustration as the entire song of frustration's lyrics are great also called honey all of that and also you you, you genuinely go like Brandenburg's Gates lyrics are great where he's talking about like Bor- cut my tits off like Boris Karloff. <laughs> I think I think that's a great lyric. <laughs> I think the moment I listened to this album again and I started with uh, was it Brandenburg Gates? Brandenburg Gates. I was like, great. Mm, I was like, yep. I remember why I do not like this album when it's like it's just <laughs> just a combination of everything. You know the way the way um Blue Reed sings quotes and quotes quotes and quotes and Metallica sings. Small town girl, that was pretty horrible. It's pretty <laughs> painful. Look, yeah, I don't, I'm not going to pretend that what I'm saying is substantive. It has a lot of substance because it doesn't. Because I, I can't get into this record. I'm just this is all broad. I just don't like it. What's the worst song on the album for you? The worst song, um, and, and what, what makes it stand out? Stand out. Because for most people, it's The View, right? Because that that film clip came out where the film clip's version of the song is a slightly different cut to what the album's version is, too. Like, it sounds different. It doesn't sound like it's fully finished. No, it doesn't. Like, for me, The View, when it came out, it didn't sound too different from the album's version. But listening to... uh, Have you listened to both of them again? They sound different. Really, like sound quality wise? Yeah, they sound like one sounds like a like the the phone clip one sounds like a different cut. Like Lou Reed's vocals sound like 
like they've amplified them differently and 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 stuff like that. Like right. it sounds like a different cut. But I'm like- gonna say cheat on me because I don't remember anything about the song. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, and cheat also it's on 11 me. minutes 25. Cheat so. on me has so many great lyrics too. Really? Yeah, yeah. Good riffs. It actually does. Hmm. Cheat on me. And that's the only one I like James Hetfield's voice on. And I'm going to say my favourite <laughs> one. It's literally the only song on the album that I actually really like his voice on. <laughs> on a positive note, I'll say my favourite songs are Junior Dad and Iced Honey. Mm-hmm. Iced Honey because it's only about four minutes long. We, we share and the it's same, got a good riff. We share the same um, favourite songs on and that album. And Junior Dad because we've, well, me oh. and Reese, Reese have already discussed why mm-hmm. Junior Dad is a good song. And we've discussed it in the last episode too. But I would say Brandenburg Gates is also a good one. As well, it I has got good it, riffs, but yeah. everything else around it, not well. Good. I think I think the lyrics are great. I, for the sake of Ryan saying that there are good lyrics, I will give it another try, and I will keep trying until it, it I talks find about him wanting to cut his own tits off. That's a confronting lyric to open up your Metallica combination album with. Is it a concept? What L- Lulu concept? Like a concept album? Is it a story? Like a whole I, narrative? Kinda. Oh, not a whole narrative. I would say there's connecting tissue, like like the songs, the view, and dragon connect. They're two parts of one song. Like one is a statement, and one's a retort to that statement. So the iconic "I'm the table" line, oh god, gets retorted in dragon. In dragon, it's actually yeah. retorted that that's a stupid ideology. Like the whole song of dragon is basically saying everything that you believe in the view is wrong. Basically, oh, well, I don't know that. That actually makes yeah. There's the a bit view that actually changes my view on, on the, the view, view, like in Dragon and on Dragon too. Yeah, on Dragon, he's like, "I'm not a table. Get your feet off the table," and all this stuff. And he gets really angry. Like, Larry gets angry at the fact that you like the view. <laughs> <laughs> so, what else about this album stands out? Like, don't you like the 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 the, the music brought in by Metallica? You guys yes. are way more Metallica fans than I. The riffs are mostly good. Um, I think you and I could agree on that race. They're heavy. I like the heavy ones. They are heavy, but it's just... I, James Hatfield's voice feels out of place nearly all the time. Yeah. Mm. I, I think... Like, I think I said this in my episode. I think it should have either just left it alone for Lou Reed to handle, mm. or Lou Reed writes the Metallica lyrics, and that's it. Yeah, I've, I personally think it was, like, vocally... The biggest problem I have is James Hetfield's vocals. I don't like his vocals, and I'll get into that on St. Anger, but listening to Lulu constantly over the last several weeks, because I've actually got my on my playthrough list now, and it's just like his, his, vocals, his vocal styles does grow, but the problem is it sounds so clean. It yeah. sounds like his, like his vocals aren't even in the same room as the music and Lou. Ah, like, you know what I mean? Like, obviously everything works differently, but, but like, you know, that feel of, like, it feels like Lou Reed and the band are all together in this room, but James Hetfield feels like he's somewhere else in some sterile, yeah. clean room where he's just like, uh, uh, okay, how do I say this one? Uh, I am the table! And it's like, okay, like, where are you, James? <laughs> one of my favourite lyrics, actually, is Lou Reed out of nowhere during Pump and Blood, and it sounds like out of nowhere. He actually goes, come on, James! And it sounds like he's genuinely annoyed. Like, like, <laughs> come on. It feels like he's actually saying, like, get your shit together on this. Yeah. To be fair, that's probably what James Hetfield says about Lars Ulrich anytime he drums. Yes. <laughs> Does no one like Lars Ulrich's drum? Well, well he's it's, notorious it's, it's, for... Um, mistakes. 
for mistakes and kind the, of making things up on is the he fly, the, improving. Is he the Ringo star of the Metallica? No. Well, like, worse than The Ringo that. star is praised for his simplistic drumming because it, it fits the music, right? Oh, right. <laughs> Lars Ulrich has been criticised because he has the ability to drum as complex as the riffs are. And he records them like that too. And he records them like that, but hun- however... In, live. Well... Live, <laughs> he can't really. He can't really. But he's getting better. He's getting. <laughs> how he's, many? How many decades has it taken him? Thirty to forty years. In, well, I've seen recent live videos, and he's getting. It seems like he starts off badly on, on each tour, but then as the tour keeps going, he gets better. <laughs> so, so what else about this album of Lulu really grinds your gears? Because you really do react like when you talk about it, you kind of physically like stiffen up about it. Like, oh, Lulu, everything. Once again. But I'm going to say how I would fix this album, okay. if I may. So, first of all, can we cut it down to an EP? <laughs> I don't think it needs nah. to be. I think it needs to be an I album. Th- I think it needs to be an album, too. Would you would you still want Metallica, or would you want it to be a Lou album? Like 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 Reese was saying, Like, would you want it just to be Metallica handled it all? Like, James Hetfield does all the vocals, you don't have Lou at all, or would you want it to be all Lou? You know what? Cut James Hetfield out, because... I mean, is he is his vocals in Junior Dad? I don't. No. He does, doesn't he? I'm pretty no, sure. No, he doesn't. Oh, he doesn't. It's okay. all it's all Lou. Yeah, and that's a good song. And what about an Iced Honey? He, he does. He does. Yeah, a little bit, but but it he, actually matches Iced Honey a little bit because Iced Honey has more of like a rock feel, country esque twang a little too. Like, and James Hetfield's voice is a little bit more suited to the twang aspect of Iced Honey, but I still like his vocals on Cheat on Me. Actually, if you. Uh, if you cut every single James Hetfield vocals, except for maybe maybe on Ice Honey, let's keep that. And obviously, you can cut Junior Dad to about five minutes because how well, like it's the like rest of nine it- minutes in total if you actually have just the vocals and that. Yeah, yeah. So you can cut it to that. Yeah, and then you can have um, every other song that has James Hetfield's vocals can be cut, and you know have the cool riffs, have his infamous Lou Reed's infamous style, and yeah, I think that'll work. Yeah? I think, yeah, make an EP. It, would you want him to have collaborated with anyone else? With anyone else? Like, uh, like you still have this album, but the music... Like, you can still have all the riffs or whatever, but, like, would you want it to have been another band or another individual? I think we talked about this on a previous episode. Yeah. Uh, well, I have an opinion on this, but Stefan's got to... I... Nah, it should have been Slayer. Right, Race? Should have been Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> Lou Reed and Slayer? Yeah. Nah, that wouldn't have worked. Um, Sl- you can't anyway, because Slayer's got to break up Actually, anyway. if it was Slayer, <laughs> I think let Lou Reed write the album and let Slayer take it from there. But, but no Sl- Lou Reed. But, but Slayer's like my mum's vacuum cleaner. Exactly. 30 years old and fucking sucks. <laughs> oh, you're not a Slayer oh, fan. Oh, you're not a Slayer fan. No, I hate Slayer. I find More than boring. Metallica? Way more than Metallica. Okay. I've listened to more Metallica than I have Slayer on purpose. Oh, see, that's that's the thing. <laughs> I on think purpose. You, if I can listen to some Lou Reed and you make me like Lou Reed, right? Yeah. I think I can make you like Slayer. Oh fuck! Yeah, well, look, <laughs> see, see. If it makes you feel better, I'm in pain last night from going to Dallas Festival uh, to see watching Slayer. Slayer. Yes, you should you should have seen watch. his face. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, because I was... Uh, well, you I had was, makeup, but... <laughs> I had makeup because they were giving free makeup for this video oh, game. Fair enough. And, what uh, was the video game? Fortnite? It was for Rage 2. Oh, the classic Rage 2. Follow-up to the classic Rage. Yeah, I don't know anything about it, but yeah, I was, it makes me look um, look I was beaten up. But to be fair, 
the makeup was like um, a lot of it was rubbed off because I was beaten up in the marsh. So that's Fair like enough. it's like half true. You sweated it off. Yeah. Well, like I said on the previous episode, I would get Henry Rollins. Just have it the exact same album, but Henry Rollins does all the James Hetfield vocals because Henry Rollins matches far better. He's spoken word artist as well, so he kind of has that vocalization that would work way better on Lulu. Like this would be a ten out of ten if Henry Rollins did the vocals. Ten out of ten. This would be a. Ten. Really, I really would believe if you had Henry Rollins. Instead of James Hetfield, I'll give this a ten out of ten. I think like they should have Lou Reed should have kept this to himself. Like this should have been a Lou Reed album. Oh yeah, this, I thought you meant kept it to himself in a vault. No, 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 no. <laughs> like Lou Reed should have had like say the backing band he had for the Raven and yeah. done Lulu that Fair way. Enough. I'm going to um, so I'm going to read on the Wikipedia page where it says. Response to criticism. <laughs> Lou, Lou Reed stated that Metallica fans threatened to shoot him due to the collaboration on Lulu. Not cool, guys. Nah, not cool. In response to this and the overall negative reaction to the album, Reed commented, I don't have any fans left. After Metal Machine Music in 1975, they all fled. Who cares? I'm essentially, <laughs> in, I'm essentially in this for the fun of it. Yeah. Um, I'm a bit like... I mean, 1975. I'm not... All these fans didn't leave entirely. No, no. <laughs> no but, but I'm sure when Reese gets into it, you could understand why a bunch of them left. <laughs> oh, yes. And then following Reed's death, um, about two years later, Ulrich, Lars Ulrich wrote the following about Lulu in The Guardian. I played the record for my kids yesterday in the car and it sounded as relevant and more intense than ever. Mm. It sounded incredibly potent, very alive and impulsive. 25 years from now, you're going to have millions of people claiming they owned the record or loved it when it came out. Of course, neither will be true. <laughs> yeah, no, he's right. Yeah, I think it's going to age well. When I played it yesterday, it sounded fucking awesome. Mm. In some ways, it's almost cooler that people didn't embrace it because it makes it more ours. It's our project, our record, and this was never made for the masses and the masses didn't take to it. It makes it more precious for those who are involved. Well, mm. I don't think it's going to age well. I think it has. I think it's going to age <laughs> I think stop. I think it's going to age. That's it. No, no, no. Hang on. <laughs> I think it's going to age, and it's up to us, m- music critics, to you know have give it time, see where it goes. Yeah, see if it evolves or devolves. I think one of the biggest problems that Metallica fans have and Lou Reed fans have is you just read it in both of those statements. Each person said it was for them. It was an experience for me just to have fun, and then Metallica was like, it was for us, you know, it was a growing experience for us, but it's like, it feels like neither of them thought about their audience, the audience, and that's not unusual for Lou Reed. Lou Reed's the kind of guy who would play live with his back turned to the audience because he he hated them. Like, that's the attitude that Lou Reed fans like, while Metallica fans, well, Metallica, for me, for the outset, seems like they really depend on what their fans like. It is a balancing act because a lot of people, when they make art, is, oh, I want to make the album I want to hear, mm. or I want to make the video game that I want to play, or the movie I want to make, and you presume that there was always going to be an audience yeah. for that sort of stuff. But at the same time, you need to think, what does the audience want? What do I want to hear in this year? Because, you know, we'd hate to say it, but when you release a certain album within a year, it kind of there's like trends yeah yeah it has a shelf life of a certain variety yeah and you'd hate that but maybe if this album was released in a different time it would have been liked more maybe even hated more yeah would there have been any timeline in metallica's career that if they put this out it wouldn't have gotten as much hate 
Uh, I don't know, because how much, Reese, they've already kind of ruined a lot of goodwill they had in the 90s with, with the, when they cut their hair, when they had the Load Reload albums, and then when they um, released St. Anger I read, and the Napster thing. Oh, yeah, that was St. Anger time, actually, as well. Oh, so I think if they released Lulu in the 90s, like late 90s, maybe after, maybe in, just after, just after the first load album, then it would have just the hate would have remained consistent. Basically, <laughs> it would have been consistent hate because they had they recovered a lot of goodwill because yeah, um, they released their uh, Death Magnetic album and you know obviously there were some production issues on that album, but people liked the return to form and they were playing some of their old songs on tour, so they had some goodwill, a decent amount of goodwill back. Yes, and uh, then they kind of kind of went all away pretty quickly when they released this album. But anyway, we're going to go into some uh, Amazon reviews. So, um, here's some one-star reviews. One-star review, painful to listen. Oh, my voice is You're painful to listen to. (laughs) Stefan's in pain just listening to the review. I've just become, yeah, well, after seeing in Salo last night. Yeah, I just sound like Lou Reed then. Okay, painful to listen to, one-star. These are all from, well, this one's from 2018. Painful to listen to, worst Metallica album ever. Great for a gag gift for my Metallica crazed friend. Shipping was prompt though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad they got. A, I'm glad they got it quickly. And uh, I don't know if you can have you can refund on Amazon or not, but uh, you know, I'm sure you could. Here's another one. From if you t- told Amazon director whoever runs it, I didn't want this Lou Reed Metallica album. They're like, oh, of course, here's your money instantly. <laughs> I get it, Matt. I get it. Here's one from Candy Weber. One star. Uh, the title is Lou Talica's Lulu, The Secret Revealed. <laughs> <laughs> what? From Variety Magazine. <laughs> After much listening to, in quotes, Lou Talica's Lulu, I now understand what it is. It is the sonic equivalent of a 16-car pileup on the freeway with the chicken truck. <laughs> Wow, it is the chicken truck. Not just any chicken truck. It's the, the chicken, chicken truck. truck. It is so bad that mouths are on the floor and you just can't look away i can hear the mangled little chickens running around screeching flap 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 (laughs) someone put them out of their misery dave mustaine must be in hog heaven today oh yeah dave mustaine from magadath why is he okay i don't know why he's mentioned but whatever why hog heaven i just don't understand any of this why chickens the what did lou reed write this review in heaven i feel like yeah a lou a lou (laughs) A Lou Reed fan may have written this. Yeah. Um, sounds like something that they would be into. When I heard that the new Metallica Lou Reed collaboration had set new low sales records, I had to get it. Yeah. Their worst piece of plastic used to be St. Anger, which I bought and didn't didn't entirely hate, which mm. sold 48,000 units opening day. This sold a big spiffy 15,000. I am streaming it now at work straight off the Lou Metallica website they set up. Very low volume, mind you. My boss works on the other side of the wall. <laughs> so, this poor guy. Abysmally horrible. I can't wait until my CD arrives. I'm sure this will disappear, making this a rare CD to have. But I'm buying it because, well, the pile I mentioned above, I can't look away. <laughs> <laughs> the only redeeming thing on the entire disc is Lou Reed's poetry and the story he has created. 
And Fair of enough. course, the artwork that went along with the CD. I agree. That actually was pretty cool. Yeah, you know what? The artwork isn't so bad. It matches the t- tone of the album. Oh, yeah. yes, it does. That was actually pretty cool. <laughs> they should have just marketed that without the music, the kick-ass <laughs> photography, the posters, etc. So five stars on the art and the poetry. The rest is... Oh, no, the chickens, flap, flap, flap. <laughs> I can't get them out of my mind. Please, for the love of God, that is holy. I am not the table. <laughs> that is one of the best reviews I've seen in, like, forever. Yeah, I feel like Lou wrote it. So that and the next two are from November 2011, which means they pretty much, like, within the month or so after the album came out. So these are very contemporary. Yeah. So we'll review two more. Uh, number one star what were they thinking I don't know what uh, were yes. they thinking Trying I to- have been a Metallica fan for 20 years I never believed <laughs> this group could ever find a way to make worse music than St. Anger but I was wrong hmm this is an argument again in my favour I think Lou Reed's lyrics and voice are off the charts terrible what's worse is that the riffs and drums in the background sound pretty good but the choice to partner with Lou Reed was a horrible decision I wouldn't waste a dime on this album buy Live or Grimey's was Live at Grimmies? Live at Grimmies for that money instead. I bought it last week and the performance is what you'd expect. Uh, what is that supposed to mean? Is it a live album in this? Is it, is it... Oh, no, that's a Metallica. I think that is a Metallica live album. All right, well, buy it, guys. This guy said from 2011, this guy, this guy knows his shit. We'll never know. Okay, I'm just going to scroll down. Okay, one star. This CD fucking... Fucking sucked. Fucking sucks. Once that awful, jump the shark. (laughs) I don't know what Metallica was thinking. I feel duped. This entire album was torture to my ears. In all honesty, I never finished the entire CD. I simply couldn't, and I never will. Boo. One star is too many. See the review, (laughs) crazy deaf grandpa talking over music. That sums it up very well. (laughs) I think Lee Reed like that. If you like William Shatner's music, then you might like this album. Otherwise, stay clear. The only redeeming vocal bit is the few tracks where some of the Metallica folks sing backup. I would disagree. Oh, disagree. But I do agree with the William Shatner comparison. And... This one, deeply disturbing to my inner musician. This is not even music. I don't understand why this even happened. All in all, is extremely old man, Lou Reed, taking over, talking over top of a few riffs for at least seven minutes a song. It's like listening to a scary... What's that word? Pertur- perturbing. Perturbing, yeah. It's a bit hard to see from where I am. Perturbing monologue with depressing metal being played in the background. That's, wow, okay. I mean, that's kind of Lou Reed if you want to go there. He does monologue. Uh, skipping ahead to the end of this review, I don't blame them. I blame Lou Reed for using th- them in his sick, twisted fancy of a record. <laughs> <laughs> don't ever bother. Don't even bother buying this and save yourself the disappointment. Disgusted, to li- say the least. And 12 people found that review helpful. I like the idea that Lou Reed's like, and I would have gotten away with it too if you didn't put that Amazon <laughs> review there, mas- unmasking me to the public like he had some twisted plan. <laughs> but we're going to go to the five-star reviews now. So, Everyone's- Ryan, you might... Everyone's favourite five stars. I will probably agree with a good portion. Grigory's Girl says, five stars, masterpiece, period. Listen to it again, Metallica fans. I agree. I will not. This is a masterpiece. <laughs> one of Lou Reed's finest achievements mm-hmm. and one of the most unique albums in rock and roll history. Metallica fans, who uniformly despise this album, 
don't seem to get that it's a Lou Reed album first. I would agree with that. Mm. And for Metallica, is backing him. It's an avant-garde <laughs> <laughs> heavy metal album, which seemed to confuse Metallica fans and the public at large. Mm. This is not a piece of shit. It's a work of genius. It's extremely profound and thought-provoking. Mm. It's also Lou's last official album, and it's a hell of a way to go for the legendary rock and roller. I would actually kind of agree with that statement. Yeah, it's a fun way to go. I can do that too. Metallica, who is a huge fan of who I am a huge fan of, have have expressed some regrets for this album, but they shouldn't. They have absolutely nothing to be ashamed of here. Every song is memorable. Mm -hmm. The performances are top-notch and something that gets better upon repeated listens. Mm. Listen to it again and again. 15 people found this helpful. I'm glad I'll I'll be one of them. (laughs) Next one, five stars, was a great gift. Title was great. (laughs) Mm, Dark but interesting. We got five star good and the review just says good. Good. So many great people loving this album. People don't understand this album. This album may... Dot, dot, dot. That's the end of the title. People just don't understand this album. This album may as well be a masterpiece. Yeah. The lyrics to this album are so damn powerful. Lou Reed is really a lyrical genius. Mm -hmm. What a lot of people don't know is that this album is based on two 1700s German plays about a woman who lives through rich men and sex. Mm. At least somewhere along the lines of that. Before I knew I was supposed to hate this album, I cranked it up loud and loved it. Yeah. These have been helpful, these These, reviews. Yeah, these are helpful. But uh, the five-star reviews haven't really changed my mind. Can we talk about an album that wasn't helpful to listen to now? Oh, yes, here we go. All right, it's your turn. Ryan is, we he is hate-angering Sate Anger. Well, that's a, that's <laughs> one of the main problems I have. I'll get back and I'll repeat this from my previous episode. I'm not a listener of Metallica very much. I have listened to Metallica. I do not care for them. I do not hate them. I am indifferent about Metallica. <laughs> I understand the role that they play in the general escape of music, but I find them... Basically, if you've listened to three of their songs, you've heard their catalogue. That's... Ooh. that's. I'm just going to say it. Three or four of their songs, you've heard basically all you need to hear from Metallica. That being said... I had a road to go for St. Anger because I had listened to you guys talk about it. Reese was shocked to hear that people didn't like it. You were shocked that he didn't know that people were shocked that people didn't like it. Yeah, you basically. expressed the phrase, it made you St. Angry. Yep. You talked about how it made you annoyed in the past. That Then I look at it, all these people, these Metallica fans, these critics, all these people out there like, this album infuriates me. This album sucks. This is the worst thing ever. And I am surprised because <laughs> this album evokes nothing and that's my biggest flaw i can't even hate it it is making me apathetic to the point in which i want to go to sleep there is not a single song memorable other than the one song that i kind of liked and the more i think about it the more i don't like it and that song (laughs) is the first song on the album frantic and the more i give it credit the more i think about it and it takes it away it's like frantic has some good lyrics Sometimes, but then it will be like, hey, frantic, that has the word tick in it, and tick is like a ticking of a clock. <laughs> so I'll say, frantic, tick, 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 tock. What are you guys, the hives doing walk idiot walk or tick tock and all this? I don't understand. This album 
has a legacy of being the worst Metallica album out there. And the thing is, I did a bit of legwork. I listened to some other Metallica albums, and I don't see why this one stands out as the shining turd in their <laughs> crown. Like, seriously, what makes this more hateable than the stuff they did in the 90s that you were just talking about being bad? I don't understand. Is it that they gained some love because they had one album before that was semi-decent? This album is just mundane and boring, And the biggest thing I could praise it for is that at least sounds like they have instruments. (laughs) (laughs) Well. Okay, um, well, the 90s, as we said, mentioned before. Was a a turbulent time. I mean, they've always had a problem with sound. There's always a problem. (laughs) You mean in the genre that is all audio? Okay, so (laughs) we can can talk about And Justice For All, how there's no bass or audio bass. Audible, audible, audible bass. Audible bass. Yep. And the drums have a clicking sort of... Yeah. Then we can move to the 90s where there was the two Load albums, which was a direct opposite turn from Great. thrash metal. And then we have St. Anger in the 2000s. If we go back to Load and Reload, because Ryan, um, you can see the uh, two <laughs> album covers right in front of you, actually, yeah. on this Amazon page. The first one, Load, I believe, was Semen and Blood. That's yep. how they got the effect. And the reload one was, I think, I think it's called Piss Christ. So it's just some sort of Christ thing yeah, and dipped in piss. The two things you just told me then are far more interesting <laughs> than anything on St. Anger. I do like the artwork for St. Anger, though. It is fine. It, <laughs> is, it is literally the bare minimum of what you could do for a metal album, which is have an aggressive fist with wire around it. Did you... Um, like, like, like... That is it. Like, it is just generic metal. Like, nothing about it stands out. Like, this could be played by any band. Right. You could remove Metallica's name and put your band's name there, Reese. It would make no difference. That's how unremarkable this album is. The thing about Metallica is people like them. They have their own identity. People go Metallica. This is what you would expect The Simpsons to do when they had their version of Metallica and they couldn't actually get Metallica, right? Like, like the this is like one of those spoofs on just how generic Metallica can be. But in fact, it is actually Metallica. Mm. A lot of people at the time were saying, because I think when this came out, it actually had okay reviews. Yeah. Uh, Not by the fans, but the critic reviews. The critics were Some of the critics didn't like it. They, They were mild. The thing I do appreciate this, this album on the St. Anger Defense Forces, I will say that at least, you know, they got the passion and the rage back. It's just the execution was... was poor. But yeah. The problem is you can have passion and rage all you like, but the fact of the matter <laughs> is, what's it directed towards? What's what's it angry about? What's the rage towards? At least with Lulu, when Lou Reed would scream and yell, he's actually saying something. Like, like he's talking about how frustrated he is, how he can't be how he used to be, how, how this and that. What's this album communicating with its rage and its music other than we are a metal band that is expected of us? That is a good question and well, it has a good answer. Reese, remember the great documentary Some Kind of Monster? Have you seen that, Ryan? No. It's okay, okay. A, so explain it, Reese. It is a documentary set around the time they were writing producing and making this album, right? Right. It's a great so movie. It, it is a great movie. I do recommend it. I think it'll give you a bit more context to why this album is the way it is. Basically. Yes. Okay, so basically they went through a very turbulent time mm-hmm. during this album. 
Such like behind the scenes problems. Very big behind the scenes problems. But does that matter if the album isn't about the fact that they had behind the scenes troubles? Does it matter? A lot of, I know like it a lot of the problems did directly lead to lyrics. Yeah. So you can directly direct, see it where directly this, had. this problem led to that. Okay, so was there a bit in their behind-the-scenes trouble where they couldn't get rid of a ticking sound from a clock and they were like, <laughs> better write that in as, like, a little thing in the sh- song Frantic? See, that's the thing. They shot thousands of hours of footage for this thing <laughs> and they had to omit it for, like, a 90-minute documentary. Yeah. So we won't know, like, half the shit. Half the shit. Didn't they record everything, like, on the day? That was... Ah, uh, sounds that like- was- um, as what? in, so, you know how like they would usually have their stuff prepared or written. They yeah. would just come in and start recording. But this one, they kind of recorded everything like in house, and it yeah. was kind of improv in that way. So they, okay, they come up with something, and then they just started recording, get together in the room, and start writing right away. They attempted to start it earlier, mm. but that didn't work out because of ch- tension between the band and Jason Newstead left. And, no, I think that was earlier. Yeah. And then James and Lars were not getting on. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's my biggest problem is all that behind-the-scenes stuff, this documentary you're talking about, isn't it annoying that that's far more interesting than the actual album that they put out? Okay, I'll say that's fair enough. At least with Lulu, you could go whatever, behind-the-scenes controversies and and the rejection of the album, but then when you actually at least listen to the album, you actually get an experience in itself. You go, even if you don't like it, right? You listen to Lulu, and you can go, oh, wow, okay, I'm getting a negative experience. This is why people are reacting this way. I'm in on it. Or even if you're like me, I grew up and I didn't know about this reaction. I listened to Lulu, had my own experience. You have an experience. I don't care about the behind-the-scenes drama of this album because, in the <laughs> end, the album doesn't even reflect chaotic energy. It just reflects we are a metal band, so we do metal band riffs I and t- we sing lyrics in which it's about angry stuff. The best lyrics are in the song "Frantic," uh, where he's like um, talking about his lifestyle, his his death style, or whatever it is, right? right? <laughs> and, and that's just an okay line. But in the end, it doesn't matter because can you name me at least three other songs off this album? All Within My Hands. Go on. Invisible Kid. Right. My World. Sane Anger. Oh, you didn't <laughs> even say Sane Anger. Right. And tell me how great those songs... Tell me anything about those songs. Because I have listened to this album four times over the last three days and I can only remember Frantic. All right. Some Kind of Monster is, I think is okay. Uh, I look. <laughs> I think... Okay, let's talk about All Within My Hands, that song, the right. last song, the the longest song off the album. Yeah, one of. The, I think... It's like just 20 seconds longer than Invisible Kid. <laughs> oh, yeah, true. I forgot Invisible Kid was a fucking Most long. of the songs on this album are, are also long, which also made me go, oh, I apologize for saying anything negative about Lou Reed being the problem that songs were long <laughs> on Lulu because Metallica are equally bad at this. So... Blame both of them instead of Lou, because that's a lot of people blame Lou for the length of songs. I think um, with all in my hands, just to try and give you an aspect, Ryan, mm-hmm. is like it is. It's mostly on Headfield to do the lyric work for this. Yeah. So, and I think it is a reflection of the power he has, his individualistic power right. that he has to fix his own problems, basically. Yeah. I think that's what the song's about, because at the time... Oh, wait, no, we we talked about this behind-the-scenes stuff. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't really matter, because does it really... Like, when you're listening to this and you go, oh, okay, I understand the the behind-the-scenes problems. No, you don't. You just hear... 
James Hetfield sounding different to how the band sounds. Again, that's a big problem on this album too, is James Hetfield doesn't sound like he's in the same room as the band. He sounds like he's in some kind of hermetically sealed chamber in which he's like that- prepared this style and the band are on a different wavelength to what he is. But, okay. It sounds dissonant. It, yeah, but that's how you do vocals. You know, you go to a dissonant no, no, chamber. I understand what you're saying. In the technical terms, you can do that and you do do that. Like Iggy Pop does that and he does it in a very small thing. But his vocals sound like it's a part of the same song. Right. Like, so you're like saying if the song a- is... A, a, a blues song, he sings in a blues style. If it's a punk song, he sings with a punky style. James Hetfield sounds like he is manufactured. Like, he sounds in this album, and Lulu, he sounds like, how can I say it? Like this! And that's it. Like, it doesn't sound like he's listening to the music and is trying to go with the feel of the music itself. It sounds like he's an actor who's come on and he's like, I've prepared this this vocalization for the style instead of listening to the music. Reese, do you remember that really bad line? It's in the doco. Um, I think it goes something along the lines of, I got your back as long as you don't stab mine, or something like that. Do you remember that line? I do. I, I didn't like that line. I'll, I'll say it. It's, I didn't it's, like it's it. It's one of those like like it's, important moments in the movie, and I'm just like, mm, it's so cringe. And here's another thing about this. This album's only four minutes shorter than Lulu, right? It feels ten times longer because of one thing. No, no, one thing. And I know I'm a Lou Reed bias and I like Lulu. The one thing that makes it feel longer in comparison to Lulu is it's always on the same energy. It's always the same level of rage. It never has that moment like where it dips to something like Junior Dad, where Junior Dad ends that album as very serene and tranquil, and that's very different to The View, right? Or, or this. Every song on Lulu has this rhythm to it that makes a pacing. Even if you think it's long, at least you can tell the difference between the songs. I cannot tell the difference between any of these songs because they're all on the same wavelength of energy. They're all on the, we're at this level of aggressive. They never get any more aggressive. They never get dour. You start out your album with a really chunky song, and then you may work your way down to a really slow, sweet song or something. Like, that's how a lot of these albums work. A really slow or heavy song or or a really kick-ass song to end the album. This album is just basically, you could have played... This album, really, you could have had Frantic repeated for 11 tracks. And it would have been the exact same experience. I think one could argue is that the same Anger experience is consistent. It Consistently def- lame. <laughs> <laughs> it's... It, uh, so it, it fulfills its purpose, which is to be an angry album. You would say, Ryan, that if you heard Frantic 11 times as opposed to the other songs... I would have got the same experience, yeah. Or would it have been a better experience? No, the exact same. Okay. Because, like I've said, I think Frantic's probably the best one, but the more you think about it, the more you think about how he goes tick, 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 because the word Frantic is just as stupid as people who make fun of him saying, I am the table. But at least I Am The Table lyrically has something to deliver in not one, but two songs on an album. Frantic is there with the tick, tick, tick because it's just kind of like, oh, the word has tick in it, so I can do the tick sound. That's the only reason. And the more you think about that, the stupider it gets. 
Uh, but you know what, Reese? I what do you think of the title track though, Saint Anger? I like it quite a lot. I like it quite the a lot. Really? Songs, it's not my favourite song off the album. The first two songs are, are probably the fan favourites, I would say. Wow. Yeah. I uh, would say the last track is my favourite. I actually listened to the Saint Anger and I forgot that this was the title track of the album. And I said to myself, Why did you choose that one as the like like this you know, when you listen to title tracks it usually either one resembles what the rest of the album's going to give you. Yeah. Like, when you listen to Berlin by Lou Reed, and it's the first song, you're like, oh, okay, I get it, and I understand why, and then... Or, because a song's super awesome, and you name the whole album after that one song. And Saint Anger is not that song for me. It is just... What is the song for you of this album? It's frantic. It's frantic. It's just frantic. The rest of them, I could not tell you a single thing, and I've listened to them four times. So, what's your opinion on the snare drum? So, he took this... Lars Ulrich took the snare out of the drum, and he liked the way it sounded. So, he's like, okay, the whole album's going to sound like this steel-sounding drum thing. Yeah, you mentioned this before, and I actually really tried to listen out for it. And the problem is twofold. One, go to production-wise, James Hetfield's vocals kind of... For me, my listen to it, I've listened to it with headphones, without headphones... His vocals cover it, like like they're just amplified louder for me when mm-hmm. my lessons. And two, I was too bored to even <laughs> notice. I was really trying, but by the time I'm like, oh, this song has drums, I guess, I was just kind of glazed over, and I'm like, uh, James is talking about something. <laughs> like, like, honest, hey, about something. Honestly, the thing about this is... You, just to say, you you you, you know, Lu, Lulu has a lot of problems. A lot of people hate it for a lot of reasons, but you could at least give it the defense. It's a Lou Reed project, and it's for people who like Lou Reed, right? Lou, uh, metal machine noise, a uh, metal machine music is a nightmare to listen to, but yep. it's a genre of music that isn't for us. Like it's noise music, and it revolutionized that genre and whatever. This is made for Metallica fans. And they didn't like it. <laughs> and that's the problem of, I'm not a Metallic fan, and I also didn't like it. And at the end of the day, it brought out the worst qualities of the metal genre, which is, it's generic. Ooh. But for someone who's not into metal, you think of metal as a certain thing, right? You know, with music genres that you don't like, or, or TV, or whatever. Whatever thing you don't like, you think of a stereotype, right? You yeah. think of a thing, this is that. This is exactly what I expected it to be. But even less, because I was expecting to get emotions from it. You were annoyed by it. You liked it. People hate it. I walked away from it being like, did I listen to that album? (laughs) It was just so bland. Saint Anger is a wrong title for it. Should it be called Saint Boredom? (laughs) Race from a... uh what, what do you think of that? Do you think it's a boring album, or do you just think it's okay, a terrible I, album? I think Ryan is entitled to that because, you know, it is a very tough album. It's a tough album because it does. it's not your average Metallica album. It, the sound quality is so different, and you know what? I can understand why you have that opinion because it is just not. it does not sound like a Metallica album at all. But like, do you hate it? Do I hate it? Yeah. <sighs> that's... that's, that's that's difficult for me. Is that a strong word? Hate? It, yeah, it's a strong word. You don't hate anger? I, I understand it. Do you? Okay, fine. 
Like, remove the behind-the-scenes stuff yeah. and just listen to the album right, okay, on okay. its own. Like, should any piece of art, any piece, like, a good piece of art, you should get something from it by itself. Like, you can look at the Mona Lisa and think about all the great things about it, but if you just look at it by itself, you can get something from it. Yeah. Just listen to this album, remove right. all the Metallica history, move all the, all the stuff. Can you get anything from this? Because I did that with Lulu. Like, I love Lou Reed, but I removed it. I'm like, listen to the lyrics, listen to the music, this stuff. I still could say there's bad things about it. But can you sit down and listen to this album without thinking of any of those behind-the-scenes dramas and actually get anything out of it, out of maybe one or two songs? Yes. Go on. What do you get? (laughs) Okay. As I mentioned before, without repeating myself... I got something out of All Within My Hands. Now, that's a song not a lot of people know about because, as you say, it's part of, like, the whole mesh of it, Mm -hmm. right? But if you actually sit down and listen to the lyrics, it is quite inspiring. Yeah. The lyrics are quite inspiring. Now, it... (laughs) It's frustrating because, like, it. a lot of fans will point out, I can't stand the snare drum, I can't stand the whole, like, generic sound of the song and the length of it. Mm. Like, there's just things piled up on top of each other. But if you just look at the song itself, what is written down on the page and what you can maybe do with the song, you get something good. You can get something good. And you can appreciate, like Lou Reed, you can look at a song, like, say... um, So many. So many. Um, <laughs> Vanishing Point. Right. That is a fucking great song yeah. by Lou Reed. And you just, you can even look at the lyrics. It's the same with like any song I think of Lou Reed. You can look at the song and you just take away any Lou hist- Reed history about what he was going through or whatever. It doesn't matter. You can look at it and you can appreciate it. Like the what chords are placed there, mm. the structure of the song, the lyrics. Yeah. And maybe even, okay. The vocals. The yeah. vocal delivery, fine. You can say whatever you want, but just, just there's a reason he does it like that. So you can even take it off on a journey for like what you think it could be. And yeah. then your imagination has gone wild in this song, basically. Mm. With that, does that make sense? Is that- that's Now, here's the thing that Stefan asked about, that was asked about Lulu. Would this have been better as an EP? Oh, Sananga? <laughs> yeah. Because you've listed, Actually, you've listed good- one song as your defense of this album. Okay, can I name another song? Can I name another song? Can, but can you, like, the problem okay, is, yeah. Do you want me to is there add- enough songs you can justify a whole album for existing of off this album? Or would it have been better as, like, an EP with, like, maybe four songs? <laughs> Honestly? That's a very good question. That's a good question. I would say... Yeah. Yeah, I would say five songs. Five song EP. Okay. Would you agree that would be a much better alternative? I would just have Frantic as a single and that would be it. <laughs> or just one just, song. Just just that. Just be like, hey guys, we're working on an album in the future, but here's just something for the for you guys out there. And then, then that would be it. Like I said, I could just have Frantic on repeat for 11 times and get the same experience. Okay. Except for I could actually get a laugh because none of the other songs were stupid enough to make me laugh like Frantic was with its tick, tick, tick. <laughs> Like, as funny as Small Town Girl is, and, and you know, I Am The Table, him saying tick, tick, tick is said with a level, with no level of irony. At <laughs> least with Small Town Girl and I Am The Table, there is a level of irony, because the lyrics demand there to be, and the music does too, but, like, 
there is no irony to it. He is genuinely like, this is awesome. <laughs> this is a great idea to do for a song. And I, I kind of love it for how blindly ignorant it is of how stupid it is. Well, Race, from uh, something that's not ignorant is... From a musician standpoint, uh, you've, you've you're from a band called Iscarian, right. and you've made a thrash metal no, sorry, a death metal EP. Yes, but you've also made thrash metal in your Pinnacle previous band. Pinnacle of Neglect. Yes, Pinnacle Neglect. Great you EP. Love that so much, don't you? Pick, pick it up. <laughs> so if you've written rage music, let's let's just extreme music, extreme music. Yes. So, but from a musician standpoint, I think Bob Rock actually did the bass on this. Um, oh, yes, and a production wise, and the drums as a bass player, you have to lock in with the drums. So, what's your opinion on the musicianship of this album? The yeah. musicianship? Yes, like from a technical musician standpoint. You know, the bass and I guess the drums as well. And there's, there's no guitar solos either. I think he just kind of stated it. He just had a reserved sigh. Oh. <laughs> I do have an opinion on the musicianship on this album, and that is it's good on him for trying something different, but it for me, like, it just needed more, you know, th- more of a think-through before they just went ahead. Like, I did the same thing for Justice. If they just sort of said, sat down and said to themselves, listen, this first draft just sounds a bit off, right? Yep. Let's just rethink about it. But I can't, we can't do that right now. No. It's released now. It's done. Well, what about the bass? Does it sound good? The bass? You're a bass player? I, I can't hear it. <laughs> no, that's exactly right. Like, you can't hear things. So when you're like, the drums, you're like, I guess they're there, but I couldn't you be bothered he- to okay. hear it. Like, you obviously you can. Ryan, you can hear them, right? From a p- p- musician's point of view, I can hear the drums and the guitar very well. Yeah. And Headfield's vocals very well. I mean, well. you can definitely hear But it. once <laughs> again, the bass has just been plummeted to, oh, yeah, just... Yeah. And, you know, Metallica are also known for you know, experimenting with instruments, for say. Like, on the Black Album, they had so much in- more instrumentation going on, right? Mm, yeah. They could have afforded to maybe just rethink about, okay, maybe we can try a different kind of guitar. Oh, maybe we could a get a saxophone. Maybe we can get... A saxophone, yes, we could get a saxophone. I will... <laughs> Why is that a negative reaction? <laughs> could you just imagine on the St. Anger a saxophone? No, no, seriously, I could imagine on the song, St. Anger, a saxophone. Like I reckon that would actually... No, no, not a solo. Well, just, in, just in the song. No, no, you're giggling and laughing, but, like, honestly, during the a saxophone during rock can be so helpful. Mm. Iggy Pop uses saxophone in his punk albums, and you wouldn't necessarily associate the saxophone as a punk instrument. All right, I'll give you that. You won't associate the saxophone with my genre, but they have done it now, and it sounds good. Yeah. Like in the Stooges, I think they did it for Funhouse. They if, did it for primarily Funhouse, yeah. And it does sound good. It sounds awesome. Yes. Who was a saxophone player, if I may ask? I can't remember. But he was really good, I think. Yeah, but that's the problem. You, you, you're like, your yeah, instruments. Why not a saxophone? It's like, it's so generic. Throw something weird like a xylophone at us and it would actually be I interesting. Mean, Lars Ulrich is known for, you know, putting that shit in. Like, let's just put some other percussive things in it other than the drums. Or Where was it this album? There wasn't. That's a problem. <laughs> I know, but I can't hate this album. I can't. I can. And I know you can. I know you <laughs> can. can or won't. <laughs> I can't hate this album. Just um, from... He's yeah. got a gun to his head. James Hetfield's like, don't. 
tick, 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 but I, I just laughed before because I just noticed one of the one-star reviews. I noticed it too, don't worry. <laughs> Ryan will point it out any minute. And I will say that um, from a Metallica fan standpoint, Reese, at the moment, they don't perform any of these songs live. Yeah. Probably in the past, like, since the app, since they... Because um, they're controlled by the fans. The fans are like, don't, record, don't play that shit live. They're, they're controlled by their fans and their fans are so cruel. To them, the since, fans are so cruel. Since the um, since the Saint Angered World Tour, the only times I've played songs off this album is you know when they did the uh, 30th anniversary shows with Lou Reed, which is how Lulu eventually mm. happened. Yeah, and so maybe after ten times they put put oh here's one song one time. It's very rare. So so this album did have one good thing that the, <laughs> the Lou Reed aspect later on. There you go. The what? He was just saying about, like, they did the St. Anger tour thing and eventually played with Lou Reed. That's the one positive this album can get from me, is eventually it led Lou to play with them to play with Lou and Lou to play with them, and then eventually Lou Lou can be spawned. Great. Oh, well. Big tick. Let's hear from the one stars, do you think? Let's go. All right. Can Um, I I have to read the first one. It is, I mean, the, the third one. One star Saint Vomit. <laughs> I, mean, I haven't heard that one. It is so. I would have called it that too. Well, when I first heard this CD, I gave it a review. Oh. I, 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 I gave it a rave review. Well, that was because I was in denial. <laughs> Since then, I listened to it a second time now. After hearing it thoroughly, my apologies go out to all the people who took my advice on this piece of crap. Poor excuse for an album. <laughs> the vocals are the worst. I've heard Aww. fighting cats sound more melodic. <laughs> here's the thing I don't even think his vocals are that bad I just don't think they match this album like that's the biggest thing like I don't think James Hetfield's vocals are terrible like this person does they're like he sounds like screeching cats um, where was I then MC Hetz uh, that would be my new nickname for Trentalica's James Hetfield <laughs> singing this guy's having a laugh isn't he no guitar solos WTF Cook <laughs> preload albums may not have been the best guitar solos but at least they were there the <laughs> snare drum hey Lars Hey, hey, Lars is a cheap guy. If you forgot about the Napster lawsuits, I don't know what those are all about. What's the Napster stuff? Okay, so... Oh, sorry. oh Stefan can explain this. Well, okay, so... Is it because of pirating? Yeah. Yeah, so in short, um, Napster was just a website that people put all the music up for free, and then Metallica, um, especially Lol, Lars Ulrich, um, tried to sue... And um, he was saying, oh, all these people, we got the information of these people who download our music for free. And people were pissed off and they, you know, would burn the Metall- their Metallica uh. albums. And you know what? Like, in people still make fun of it. But the truth is, like, I think people have warmed up to it. Some people say, yeah, he was right. You know, piracy is bad. It is bad. And the other thing is people saying that, I mean, Lars has said he, it wasn't about people getting their music for free so it's more about control it's because Napster yeah. took their music without asking it's like if you want our music for free because you know you, back in the day you could um, you Bo- know bootlegs bootlegs when you would, and share it with your friends yeah like Metallica was really into that back in the day so they were fine with people getting their okay. music for free it was like the control of the situation what is the problem with Metallica fans every single time I hear anything about Metallica fans and Metallica they sound like the most, most toxic fan base that they you are. could ever have like why do they, they hate Metallica so much because they're the biggest 
biggest band in the world. So they're like, the biggest band. So they're, 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 as I said, they're you, so you say cruel. That, you say that, but Beatles fans never were like this. No, but they're but, so cruel to Metallica. I don't know why. They won't let them do anything apart from what they're doing now. If they want to you know, go on a different path, they'll get fucked, they'll get fucked, basically. Well, the things that we mentioned, so, in the 90s, um, I mean, you know, the, the bass in, in, um, Injustice for All, Low Audible, even though that's a classic album now, and then people accused them of selling out for the Black Album, which, you know, is one of the best-selling metal albums ever, and, uh, it's, it's a really good album, one of the best-selling albums ever, yeah. uh, but, you know, they were accused of selling out, that sort of thing. Fair and then enough. in the 90s, I had the Load and Reload albums, which was like a surf rock, hard rock kind of kind of thing. Mm. And too much... That's not the problem with Metallica's new stuff is they don't cut enough. They don't trim the fat. Um, so those albums were really long as well, even though enough. there was a Load and Reload, like two hours of music. And then oh, people get burned by St. Anger. And of course, I cut their hair in the 90s, which, you know, people didn't like because that was... You know, thrash metal in the '80s was all about the long hair and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, I just, I just get, find it funny because the music I listen to, like Iggy Pop and David Bowie and Lou Reed and all that, yeah, they cater to their fans in a certain way. But at the same time, their fans aren't such dicks. At the same time, like Iggy Pop, you'd think his fans would be dicks because they're like punks, right? Old school punks. But then, like, he does French New Wave now, and everyone loves it still because they're like, oh, we're just happy that we get music. <laughs> Still, <laughs> like that's genuinely something. But Metallica fans seem like anything Metallica does is scrutinized beyond <laughs> all belief. And the fact that Metallica still are even together putting out music is a surprise. I don't know how they haven't thrown in the towel just because of their fan base. Because it sounds terrible. Like I would be, I would hate to be them. And even the the docu- documentary that got criticized for. Oh my god, that's so on rock and roll. This documentary, I know too much about you. Now. But yeah, you're right. They they have this weird. Yeah. Um relationship with their fans but I think the new album um, won them won, back yeah I think the new album largely won most of them I can't back. wait for them to ruin it again because this guy has a one star review called Saint Anger that I bought this CD <laughs> uh, first off I've been a Metallica fan since 1997 and Justice for All f- to the present day Reload album Saint Anger is the only Metallica album that I just cannot get into I like when bands change slash experiment, but this album is uncomplicated and too stripped down. Frantic is a decent song. Did you write this review? (laughs) The other ten tracks have potential but lack the complexity and aggressiveness that Metallica used to possess. I've listened to this CD 23 (laughs) times. Well, he had a go. It doesn't do Metallica justice. Metallica should know how their... should bow their heads in shame and call it early retirement or make something truly worthy of listening ears. No, I don't have a mullet. Drive a Camaro. <laughs> Not stuck in the 1980s either. Metallica, you have insulted my ears with this. So, your username is Carl in Oregon. Right. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Carl in Oregon. I will say that both those reviews that we just read were from 2003. This yeah. was right in the thick of when this album was released. So, this is not some contemporary ones. And the rest of the one star reviews are literal, like, thesis long. Yeah. Getting into them. But I wanted, we have to get into our five stars because people actually did like this. Here's Reese's, <laughs> here's Reese's review. He goes under the name Donna. 
Uh, five stars. <laughs> Hell yeah! Is the oh, title. Yeah. Hell yeah! And, and it's, I love Metallica, but I did not care too much for this album when it first came out. But now that I'm older, I love it. Spelled L-U-V. That was 2017, so it's taken them a long time. But I'm going to go this other short one now. Five star. No more foo foo love rock. <laughs> <laughs> this from 2000. What? This is from 2003. So um, by P S L- by P Lewis again. This is Reese who wrote this. Reese oh, wrote God's all sake. the five star reviews for this one. <laughs> yes. Metallica has thrown their old song structure out with the baby in the bathwater to reinvent themselves once again. Long, long are we subject to toe tapping radio rock sludge? Are you sure? Okay, um, no more entering the Sandman from behind or being dubbed Unforgiven not once, but twice. I just love having no context to what any of this means. Yeah. You see, when I was very young, I would I would set and listen to Metallica, churn out some intense jams, and when they went soft, I totally lost respect for them. I thought they were trying to put out radio hits so they could be all famous, Might, but I might just be wrong about that. Again, I have to question, are they sure about this? <laughs> um, to me, they sound like they have a bit of corn influence on St. Anger. Maybe a little bit of Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, we talked about Possibly. raging yeah. against something before, but at least they rage against the machine. It's int- uh, it's intricate for Metallica. Lots of stops and, and lots of changes, especially with Lars drumming. Oh, they liked it. There you go, Stefan. Somebody liked his drumming. I thought Lars might be needing a wheelchair soon, but he surprised the crap out of me on this new album. His double his double bass isn't sped up in the studio either. It's really him, as you can see on the full-length DVD that comes with the CD. <laughs> all in all, Metallica's back with a vengeance, and don't think they care what anyone thinks. The problem is, <laughs> by the end of that review, is... And I know that they had high hopes in 2003 that they thought nobody would care, but they really did care what everyone they thought. Did. Yeah, they did. Um, but you know who didn't care? Who didn't care? Reese, because he gave it five stars anyway. Yeah, apparently <laughs> I, I, I wrote all these five-star reviews. <laughs> you know, I will say um, in this record's favour is that what people when people say that they didn't try, because, you know, obviously Metallica got accused of selling out in the 90s, but <laughs> with this album, there is nothing commercial about it at all. Some could argue it's not just it's it's just not worth releasing. Like Ryan probably would argue it's just not not worth releasing at all and should be kept in the vault. But the point is, it's not very radio friendly. It's not mainstream. The songs are very long. There is something to admire about that. Yeah, to a, uh, to a degree, it, it is. It isn't radio worthy, is it? Like it's it is for their community of people. They <laughs> thought they thought right. Like that's who it is. It is like Metallica became that boardroom committee that you hear about that always formulates things for the general masses. Yeah. That's what they became for this album, it feels. The boardroom. They became the boardroom and handed it to you, and you went, yes, hello, I will give this five stars. <sighs> well, I, can Im- I can imagine me doing that, too. Um, <laughs> I'm young, not going to lie. Young, young, young Reese would have loved this album. Yeah. He would have been like, they are angry again. <laughs> But speaking of being angry, Reese, it's time for your most hated album. But I first, I want to start with my quick 
story, which is not interesting in the slightest, but because it only lasts five seconds, so that's fine. On the way to your house, Ryan, I chucked in Metal Machine music. It has four parts. Yeah. And <laughs> Enjoy, listened, enjoyed all four? I listened like five minutes of each, and then I just skipped oh, to the next really? one. I, uh, I kind of just skipped ahead to the traffic light, and then you go, skip to the next part, uh, skip to the next five minutes, like, yep, next. Keeps going. Yeah, it didn't really change except for the very last minute in the last. No, nah, no, nah, you missed out. Yep. Let's so hear about Reese will disagree. Time. Tell us your story with this. Uh, well, I uh, beforehand, like, my dad loves Lou Reed. So I, I he had Metal Machine Music on his discography. As right? you should. As he should. So I tried to listen to it at a young age, but I wasn't musically mature, so I didn't like it back then. So, oh, yeah. and you can imagine me, I skipped through the tracks, basically, <sighs> right? Rookie so, mistake. when we were going to do this episode, we had, we had to give it respect, so we had to listen to the whole album. Now, unlike Sananga and Lulu, Metal Machine Music is short in length. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's an hour long, correct? Like, yeah. nearly an hour long. Yeah, maybe an hour and two minutes or three minutes, because each song f- is like 15 to 16 minutes long. That's still long for an album. Still long. It felt very... It felt much longer. It It, does. Okay? Uh. Now, I knew what I was going to get myself into. I knew I was going to have a hateful opinion going into this. So, I just thought, okay, let's just take a deep breath and just listen to it for what it is. Okay? Mm. The Like... As instant as part one begins, it's not how I expected it as it was the first time I listened to it. I, f- I felt like there was a note there, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I felt there was some form of music, and I actually started to like it, Aww. right? I was enjoying myself. And another reason I was starting to like this sort of, like, tangent he was going on... Okay, is there a better word than tangent that I can Experiment. Use? Experiment, right? I was... Um, I just... Cl- I listened to this in the dark, Yes. So I just pictured in my head a futuristic world, basically. Like a Blade Runner sort of deal. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like That's I replaced Vangelis's score or Hans Zimmer's score and I put in Lou Reed instead. I thought of, I thought of Eraserhead. Oh, Eraserhead? Yeah, the world of Eraserhead. And it, well, just like anything like that, sort of like very experimental sort of mm. futuristic film. Yeah, and it does it, feel like it could be like a movie score or even like a video game, like soundtrack background music as well. Oh, yeah, but, this would be so good for a video game. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but the, it just, it, it felt really good in the first part. It felt really good. Okay. But when part two came along, I was expecting a change because I didn't listen to part two the first um, time around. Time around, yeah. But the second time, it continued. It just continued yeah. for me. It's it's So, what I realized is it's from... Part one, part two, part three, part four, it is the same thing. It's a rock right? opera. It's a rock. Well, a rock opera for me is not <laughs> metal machine music. It is Quadrophena by Pete Townsend or... Or Welcome to My Nightmare or something. Or Welcome to My no, Nightmare. It's, it's, it's an opera in its own it right. Is an, it, oh, it's an opera. It's right. a space opera. It's a space opera for me. Yeah. And the reason I've accepted Team Hate MMM, which I'll call MMM, is because he should have went further. He should have went further. Right. Now, you're probably thinking, what the fuck does that mean? Right? Yes. I have several points to ask about that. Uh, Okay. It feels like a platform Mm. for me. And I I told you I listened to the live version of this album. Right? Yes. It worked so much better because it had more improvisations than on the album itself. And... 
you know, he was talking to Lester Bangs. Now, if you don't know who Lester Bangs is, he's a very infamous Rolling Stones journalist. Yeah. Yep. Eventually, he was the head writer of Rolling Stone. Yeah. Which was surprising to me. He said he, Lou Reed said he was incorporating classical elements into this album, like you were going to hear everything at once, basically, which I don't, which I don't like. Agree with? Well, I do agree with, but I don't appreciate. I don't appreciate because it's just ah, there needed to be something. There needed to be something more to it, like there was on the improv album. That's it. Just feels like a, it's just a platform. Like it needs to have another level to it, right? Does that does that make sense? Like completely. An, like it needs something with it. Like if this was a film score per se, it had the medium of visual yeah. to it. I think this would have worked so much better for Lou. Like, if he made his own film and then attached that to it. I'd watch a Lou Reed movie. I'd watch a Lou Reed movie, too. (laughs) I want to see what it looks like. But if he, say, attached anything more, like, even just more instrumentation, like, just some form of, like, just pushing, pushing, pushing Mm. it further, I would have disagreed to be on the hate team. But I hate it because he just didn't push himself further on this. Now, I've got a big question to ask, and there's going to rattle off a few. When was that live album? What year? Okay, it was, I know it was before Lulu, it was like 2000 and... Right, so it was 2000s. in the 2000s, right? Yeah. So here's my big uh, thing that you need to mention, this is a noise album, Yeah. This no, is a, no lyrics, no nothing, no it's lyrics, just noise, it's just, just noise, it's experimentation. You're wanting him to push it further, Yeah. right? Do you think that might be an unfair statement to say because you're speaking in a retrospective manner in which we have heard things like this done better and more? Because at the time, no one had ever done anything like this before. That is true. That is true. And that would have been revolutionary and groundbreaking in its own right. Like, there's nothing to work off of as a comparison to... As an iconoclast, right? Lou Mm. Reed, the iconoclast. I think Lou... (laughs) Okay, let me just prepare. Berlin, right? His previous album, yep. that was a revolutionary album, right? For its time, right? Yeah, because it's a concept. Yep, and it's a very controversial topic to talk about at the time in 1973. Yeah, yeah, around then. Right, and did he do? There was another album. I think he did just before. It was Sally can't dance. I think he did Sally can't dance and stuff like that. Yeah, which was. Which and was Transformer a, and Yeah. I think as an iconoclast, I think he he does push himself. Yes, he does. I think he put I think he's his worst critic, Lou Reed. <laughs> <laughs> oh really? You didn't you didn't watch the interviews of the Australian media talking to him? Yeah, but that's they just, were really that, that's good just critics. He's, a, he's a punk by heart, but <laughs> I, I can see it. Like I can see him being like his worst critic. He wants to push himself. Yeah. I think he pushed himself for the Raven. To the point yeah. where it was very satisfactory for me, but Metal Machine music just needed something. But he, I, I know what you're saying. I, I know in retros, is, that is completely retrospective me to yeah. say. But I just I can't break that mold. I think he needed to do something more. Yeah, Either, whether it was instrumentation or t- an, an attachment media to it. I just think there needed to be something. Now, here's the thing I've got to raise. You mentioned Berlin. You've listened to Berlin, Stefan. Yep. Here's the thing, though. A good portion of the songs on Berlin he already had done before. Yes. And they weren't as good. And then he did them again and gave them a context, which was finish a story. Yeah. Right? 
And then later on, he several decades later, he did a follow up to this as a live version. Yeah. He, he he himself is like you said, his greatest critic. He did improve on this album. I'm not a fan of this album, might I add. I think it's decent though. Like I think you're no musician in the 70s would have done this. No, or way. even the 80s, or even the 90s. No, the 90s more so, but, like, no one was doing this stuff that was a mainstream musician. Yeah. Lou Reed had hit songs, and he decided to do this. (laughs) That is, in itself, a punk rock move. I think he was onto something very revolutionary, but he didn't reach it. He didn't reach, you Mm. know, he didn't reach the hoop, he didn't whatever, similarly. So, so, but part one worked for you, but then the other... Three parts the other three didn't parts, work because it was more of the same? It was more of the same, yep. right? Okay. So it just felt like, say, it just felt like it didn't It didn't feel like movements for this album. It didn't really cool. feel like movements per se. It just okay. felt like it could have just worked as one track per se. Like it could but, have worked as a 21. But that's t- kind of what he's doing right. on a level. I mean, when you listen to it on vinyl on an album... You can't tell when the first part ends and the second part begins. That is one of the downsides of streaming and CDs is you get that click of silence in between tracks. You yep. know what I mean? Where a lot of 70s albums intend their songs to bleed into one another, right? And this album is exactly that. He probably means it to be just you listen to it in one go. Yeah. But you have to have two sides of a vinyl record because that's how the spacing and all that works, right? Yeah. I mean... And you can't just release an album where it's like one song because then people won't want to buy it because they see the length of the song is like an hour long and they'll be like, no, thank you, not in the 70s. But this one was four songs. This one was... This we have... Was it four songs? Yes, it is. Yes, Um, it is. And and each song is different, though. So we go back to the theme of this episode in a way is Reese would have been better as as a four-song EP. (laughs) 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 Okay. I'm going to say this. This album would have been a masterpiece if he had attached another form of media to it, whether it be he attached... Okay, let's say he doesn't attach lyrics. Let's just keep it as an instrumental... Yeah. Okay? Yeah. I think this would have worked better if he made a film or added more instrumentation because right... What kind of instrumentation? Because the whole title of the album kind of tells you what it needs to be and that is is what it is. Okay, so... If you added more guitars or horns or something, it would ruin it, but also if you added too much... I think... It's called metal machine music. But this is noise music, bear in mind. It doesn't matter if it's too much. It's still noise music. He doesn't see it that way, though. He sees it as a metal album. He sees it as himself as the inventor of heavy metal. uh, And he's not wrong. (laughs) I mean, technically... He's he's an inventor, but not of heavy metal. whatever this is. But that's the point. It is metal machines making music. So if he added, like... So that's why he's got the amplifiers next to each other, causing that robotic... even a bit uh, part two is my favorite uh song because a song on it song i can't tell the because difference i can because there's a bit halfway through part two i don't know if you noticed this reese there's a bit where you can actually start hearing an actual song but it's like it's it's like it's submerged yeah. underneath all this and right. i like that and then he does that in part three he kind of brings more of a song coming to the surface it's like oh oh it's like lou reed's album is on next door and you're at your house doing something with an electrical drill, but, and you can hear it in the background, and it's kind of like that kind of stuff's awesome. I think that's the kind of stuff that he was pushing for, and I kind of appreciated that aspect. Yeah, but still, like, 
I felt like, he, and also, like, I think this deserved proper movements, like this sort of sonic landscape. Because right now, f- for me, it felt like just platform for something else mm. to join it. It's like, it's like, you know, it just feels like, <laughs> like a two-seater aeroplane and one's filled and one's empty, basically. <laughs> I think the thing, too, is, is like, by what you've said, you wanted it to, on a level to sound more sci-fi? That's what I'm leaning towards, yeah. So for me, when I listen to I it, mean, okay, I don't know about you, Stefan. It's a film score. It's a score to me. It's a for, score. For me, I found it more of industrial fair, that's instead fair, of that's sci-fi. Enough, and that's yeah. kind of, yes. I think, what he's going for more. So if you also did that thing of push it with more synthesizers and more this or that, then you're going to get that sci-fi-esque sound that you kind of got off David Bowie stuff when he was doing the Berlin trilogy where yeah, it had that more zany or you would get more of that Brian Eno stuff but I think that's I think I, that's kind of how I feel like but Lou Reed is Lou Reed he's not gonna t- lean towards an Eno or a Bowie or yeah whatever. even though he works with those guys all the time yeah. he worked with those guys all the time so I just think like yeah I see a more sci-fi edge to this thing that needed to see the thing too that I just need that I think though is it did give you something it it had the yeah so no, but it, you did say like you turned the last lights you did get an experience at a point yeah, at a better point. than St. Anger. <laughs> like in that <laughs> regard, St. Anger had no experience to give other well, no, than No, that was that's that's you. For St. Anger for me, there's something I can get something out of it, right? With Metal Machine Music, I was expecting nothing. Like it was just to be like <laughs> that or right? Cuz you kind of knew what was happening. I think that difference is between uh, so for Lulu, Lulu came out in 2011, so it was something that I had to experience. Everyone had to experience for the first time. Saint yeah. Anger has been out since 2000, 2003, and then Metal Machine Music is 1975. It's notorious. So you weren't expecting much because you probably already knew about... I, you know what? I lowered my expectations and I was surprised, mm. basically. But I'm on Team Hate still because I just needed more. I needed him. You needed more. to push further. I needed him to push well, further. And the fact that he didn't to... annoys me. <laughs> okay. Well, let me just read what, what's written on this Wikipedia article. Oh, yeah. That's great. That's great for podcasting, is reading off a Wikipedia article. Yes. So, it really says the double album, Departure from the Rest of His Catalog. Uh-huh. It's considered a joke, either a joke, a grudging fulfillment of a con- contractual obligation, yep. or an early example of noise music. Which side are you guys on? The latter. I think it's, it's I think it's a mixture of all three, if I'm honest with you, because you can't take anything Lou, Re- Lou Reed says seriously. Like, I've said this previously, like, Lou Reed came from that Andy Warhol school of the from vel- the factory, right? The Velvet Underground. You can't take anything of their intentions seriously. So I would say it's probably all three combined. <laughs> Yeah, and it was panned by critics. But race, if we go back to the um, the live album, right. was, is there a video of this? Yeah, they recorded so it. How did he actually perform the album? Uh, like, as I'm curious. He how he performed it, actually- it as a three piece, as a three piece. But yeah. how do you actually perform this album? Well, like, Lou Reed's you- on the guitar. Yeah, yeah. You have one guy on. I think the other two guys were just sort of spreading themselves across instruments like percussion and synth or whatever, mm. doing. Because you can't just do this album with just a guitar. You need... A bunch of stuff. You need a lot. You need a mixing board, in fact. Yeah. That's need, crazy. That could be just one instrumentalist just on a mixing board, just making sure the sounds are right. But they're, like, I, there were more classical elements 
brought into it on that live album as well. So that's why I liked it. That mm. that gave it more platform. I so, would love to see then how this is performed. Then well, listen, listen, listen to it. I'll, I'll watch it's, the footage. It makes it so much better. Yeah, mm. I I can. I'm sure it would. But that's totally in retrospect, as Ryan said. I have to respect that. Yeah, so. especially also because none of us are fan of noise music, right? No, no. And people really. who do like noise music do point to this album as a great album, especially for its its context. But like I said before, you can remove all the behind-the-scenes things. It's, it's what you get. And with any noise album, you get something, right? This actually sparked your imagination. It made you visualize things. Yeah, like hallucinate, in fact. Like hallucinate. <laughs> How often does music actually achieve that? For me or like, for anyone? For most people and for you. How often can, does it I actually c- make you actively use your imagination to create things in your brain? The only time I can use my active is when I'm alone. Right. When I'm alone and I'm listening to music, I can go on tangents, basically. Right. right? But, but is it I because c- of the music spawning it or because the music you're alone and music is just happens to be there? Because I have that experience. Both. Great. Did St. Anger do that for you? Yes. What did you imagine <laughs> with St. Anger? Do you, do you want to know? Like, Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, like, you, I, I, I do remember listening to St. Anger, I don't know how long ago, but I imagined a prison cell. Okay. And I imagined this person had been, like, there's a person in there, like a very old person. You can't even notice this person because... They're part of the mold of this room, basically. Fair and it's all green. It's all green. Basically. Everything's green. Now, I could go about on this this imaginary thing forever, but I, I can still imagine stuff from San Anger. Like, I can, I, I can go places. Fair enough. All right. Well, let's get into some reviews. All right. You ready to re- re- so, the first one-star review is actually a complaint to Amazon, not about the <laughs> album. <laughs> so... I'll just read it anyway. No limited edition. Beware. Amazon is fooling you when announcing they have this limited edition of MMM in stock. Number one, ordered it. Ordinary edition was sent. Two, complained (laughs) about it. Amazon said, sorry, we'll send you the right item. And three, about one week later, a second ordinary edition shows up in my mailbox. Shame on you, Amazon, for your inconvenience. Incompetence. A very unsatisfied customer. I like the fact that this person owns the most copies of Metal Machine music yeah, owned by one individual. Wrote it all um, in caps. Oh, no. Donna had another review. Oh, yeah. Don- <laughs> oh, Donna. Donna's back and she gave it one star and the title of this is One Star. And she's like, have no idea what this is. It's just noise. One person well, I mean, found that's, this. that's the point. Yeah, one person found uh, herself. Yeah, hey, you actually good. found out what this is. So Donna. there is... um. So there's this next one. It's called Five Stars for the Attitude, One Star for the, quote, music. It is music. Somehow I knew there'd be a few dogs who'd give this album five stars and claim to enjoy it. (laughs) I can understand that. I like crap as well as the next guy. Yeah, we all love a bit of crap. If something is awful... Wait, if something is awful but has a decent amount of originality or creativity, it makes my list. This thing sure don't. <laughs> As a middle finger to fans, critics, and record company alike. Oh, poor record companies. This was a truly ballsy punk thing to release. I agree with that. Me but too. T- come on, Lou. Clearly didn't spend more than an hour making this crap. I can respect his makings and even releasing it, but there's no way in hell I'm going to put money on his pocket to own it. 
there's a lot of more listenable tribe out there to waste your earned cash on than this. The fools who said they loved it are posts <laughs> who read Lester Bangs's gushing yet brilliant essay about it and want to join the crowd. Puckernads. 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 <laughs> I, I, I appreciate he did his research on Lester Bangs's essay on this. <laughs> did you read it? No. Oh, so I read you- um, paraphrases on it. He was very sympathetic. Very <laughs> Wouldn't sympathetic. Wouldn't you? Hit us with one more of the oneies. Oh, I want to... Li- <laughs> I want to read this one. It, uh, the last one. I'll say Lou Reed's Reed's Revenge. Revenge. <laughs> From 1999. <laughs> this album was Lou Reed's Revenge against his former record company. Which, mm-hmm. what was it? Um, M- MCI? Oh, actually, I have the Wikipedia. I can't friend. remember if it's RCA or... or um, RCA. It is it RCA. Because I remember the logo on the back of Transformer. He recorded this album to complete his contract with them. Needless to say, Reed was not happy at all and basically told him if they wanted two albums worth of material, they'd get it. <laughs> Thus, you get metal machine music, extended white noise and feedback. Oh, it's more than that. <laughs> After he released the album, Lou Reed's record company <laughs> released it. Probably thinking Reed's attempt at professional suicide would do him in. I'm surprised he made it all the way over to CD. <laughs> uh, it's unlistenable. If you like this, great, but I liken it to watching white noise on the TV. No substance. Wow. So you sort of get the idea that people just don't get it as well. Now, we, now we get five stars. Who do get it? Uh, so we got the love it or hate it five star. My favourite album. It's inspired by... So many bands from Sonic Youth to Nine Inch Nails. Many Lou Reed fans hate it. Few love it. It's a sonic assault. Watcha! It's the <laughs> only fault I have with the CD version. The last song doesn't have the closed loop that the LP has. Mm. Of course, there isn't a way to replicate that on CD format. Caution. There is no melody, no beat, no rhythm, no lyrics. As Lou Reed said, my weak beats your year you know what <laughs> I do appreciate that uh, there is something that only the um, the vinyl yeah has which is that uh, closed loop at the end so yeah. that's something special that's uh, only this album has noise and noise <laughs> it's either, a question though either you like it or you don't but holds its or actually oh, what? I, but my opinion directly contradicts that tough damn it but holds its own with its very industrial noise album that were released many years later. Mm. This album is to industrial noise what Kraftwerk was to electronic pop and Iggy was to pump. The Buzzcocks said noise and noise, but I respectfully disagree. Take that, mm. Buzzcocks. All right, find one more I'll good find one. Pure Bliss, I'll read that one. Oh, but there's a... Uh, actually, I'm going to forget that one. I'm going to read the Frank Sinatra one. <laughs> <laughs> my, review. my review of Frank Sinatra's Metal Machine music. <laughs> he, oh, no, he this is a five-star April 29, 2017, and this is a verified purchase. This is, uh, you so got to hit us, Reese. Frank Sinatra is God. MMM is why. <laughs> I don't understand the folks here who say Frank is just sh- shafting. Mm-hmm. Shafting his record company. Yo, shafting record companies is a good thing. Okay. In a billion years, long after the sappy Beatles and flaccid stones, oh wow, yeah. have been forgotten, the only rock songs people, or whatever is around, will still listen to is Sister Ray and MMM. What's Sister Ray? 
It's a song by the Velvet Underground. Oh, okay. Oh. It goes for like 17 minutes. <laughs> it is about wow. a drugged nun. Go on. <laughs> Someday Lou Reed will get the Nobel Prize for this. Peace, economics, maybe, whatever. <laughs> you should have said literature. I would have agreed with that list. Yo, you say only living people are awarded the Nobel Prize. Yes, Frank isn't dead because Frank is God and God can't die. A musical outfit named... I don't know. Zeitskrafter. Oh, Zeitskrafter recorded the cover version of MMM on acoustic instruments. Ooh. Live. Oh, I think actually instead I listened to that one. Okay. Before a live audience. Before a live audience. <gasps> Cheeky. Cheeky. I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure Dylan will get around to covering this. Oh, God, no. <laughs> this too. Since he's covering everything else Frank did. I don't know what that review was. Wait, that was Frank Sinatra, but then he says a Lou Reed. Yeah, yeah I don't know. That was, Lou, that was Lou Reed reviewing himself. And then I think. Dylan. Is that Bob Dylan? That is Bob Dylan. I'm just, what? <laughs> no, it's Dylan Sprouse from that show. One well, of well, those twin boys from The Sweet Life and Zack and Cody. Oh, yeah, Dylan Sprouse. <laughs> from. Right. D- uh, so, the, yeah, the, I, I got a surreal experience from those reviews. As we it's, did, as oh, we all did. <laughs> all right, we're going to take a five minute break to think about. Um, what we've learnt and where each hater will once again um, do the opposite of defending their album will be continue to shit on this album (laughs) and also a slight defence of the other two albums and explain why we think that why our album should receive the honourable hate medal alrighty I know we should come up with a prize anyway we've got five minutes to think about it be back in five (laughs) 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 all right so it's time for the conclusion we are going to say a few things we've learned about the album that the albums that we hate or even the albums that we don't hate as much and we also have to acknowledge at least one thing that aren't so bad about the album we hate and uh then gloves are off say whatever you want about it and then you can also defend the other two albums why they aren't your most hated album yeah okay so lulu um i mean we've already kind of gone through this in depth already i it's such a bizarre collaboration so i appreciate how bizarre it was even though the it didn't go out it didn't um come out the way anyone would have expected really or maybe some people did expect it to come out this way but you know I've said before, I like the songs Ice Honey and Elijah Jr. Dad. And um, I appreciate that Ryan prefers this over the other two albums because mm. that is shocking to me. <laughs> but that is one thing I'll give this album credit. But I also must acknowledge that because I'm not much of a Lou Reed fan, Reese and I are Metallica fans uh, and Ryan's a Lou Reed fan. So, yeah. you know, maybe maybe I'm just biased. Maybe my opinion doesn't even matter. Still, I don't like the album. I mean, I pretty much... The, the running theme is that I think it should have been at least an EP or if... if we'll, we'll, I'll give it a 40-minute album. I'll give it that. Hmm. Give it that. I don't really like any of it outside of the things I praised. I think that the other two albums... So, Metal Machine Music, there is a punk rock element to it, you know, pissing off the record label and all that stuff. And, of course, it's iconic now. It's influenced other bands. Yeah. And he ended up um, playing it live again. I don't... I don't... I think even... I don't think St. Anger has aged well, and I think this one has aged even worse than that. I think that St. Anger won't age well. This won't age well either. And I think it's 
still going to be terrible in like 20 years time I think mm. I think that uh, James Hatchwell's vocals are awkward the riffs the heavy riffs are good I like some of the heavy riffs but overall I just, I just don't like it I think Lou Talica Lulu is I, th- I feel sad that Lou Reed didn't get to release something else before before his death but you know what he, Lou Reed will always be a legend just yeah. said I don't I think this is one of the low points hmm oh okay well, what can one learn from St. Anger? Well, I learned that it had a history. Yeah. Um, a behind-the-scenes history that, from my point of view, doesn't really matter for the album. But you learned it. I did learn it. I did learn that Metallica fans are the worst fans ever, and that Metallica have definite, are definitely stuck in a bubble that they can never escape, because if they do, they get scolded for it like naughty children. Are you saying that some of the haters for Saint Anger, not yourself, because you've been very reasonable, some of the Saint Anger haters are very unreasonable Metallica fans? So that is one defense in yeah, its favor. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll get to its favor. <laughs> I've learned that um, Reese likes this album quite a bit more than he let on in the past. I've learned that this is apparently not how Metallica sounds a lot of the time, but for me, it kind of really doesn't sound any different to some of the stuff they did in the 90s and or after. So, um, here's the thing. Uh, go to go to a positive thing. I liked Frantic. Could you tell I liked it? Yep. I liked it so much, I listened to it 11 times over. Uh... There are other things to to enjoy about Saint Anger to give some more positives to it. It is angry, <laughs> um, but like I said before, what's it towards? And that's a big problem. But at least it isn't like I would rather a long, dull, angry album than a long, dull, sad album in which it would just be like. Bleh, bleh, bleh. I'd rather it be like bleh, 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 instead. That at is, least it wasn't a dull, sa- sad album. Like it, yeah, at least it was dull and angry instead so, of dull uh, and boring and sad instead of dull and boring and at, angry. At least it wasn't since sad. Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> um. Other than that, is there any positives? I didn't get angry at it, which apparently I was supposed to, according to every Metallica fan out there. I was just bored by it, and I actually kind of enjoy the fact that this album has pissed off so many people, considering (laughs) how mundane it is. Now, to really rip into it... This album sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but because it blows so hard. Uh, like, it sucks and blows at the same time. It's just boring. Like, I'll never think about it again. As much as you could say you hate Lulu, there'll be bits, there'll be moments in your life where it will come up in your brain. You'll be like, oh, that moment. Even if, like, even if that's a negative reaction, this will never come up in my brain ever again. I think most Metallica fans think this way as well, where they're like they're angry about it, but it also like there's nothing to even come up in your brain again about it. This is such a woefully forgettable forgettable album to the point in which after we discuss it a week from now, I'll I'll, I'll forget about Everything. even talking about it. Uh, it sucks now. The other two albums, I've already talked extensively why Lulu's great, but at least, again, one more thing is Lulu has character, unlike St. Anger, which has no character. It is just, we are metal bands, so we play metal music, and that is what we do because we are forced to do it. It feels like they're forced to do music. It feels that way. Metal Machine music 
is Lou Reed wanted to do something different, whether it be to piss off his fans, piss off the record label, or amuse himself, whatever the motives, he did make it. He helped forge a whole genre of music, influence many other musicians to push themselves in different ways. I mean, really, I'm not a big fan of Nine Inch Nails, but really hearing that comment from that review, I'm like, yeah... Yeah, I could see, you know, Nine Inch Nails and Trent Reznor getting a lot from this album. I mean, Trent Reznor scores really do get a lot off of that album in particular. Mm. Um, I enjoy Metal Machine music. I think it is an atmospheric music piece. It's an experience. The one thing I like about it is it's a nightmare to the point in which you get used to it being a nightmare and it becomes beautiful. It's like if you were stuck in crazy Tim Burton land and then eventually you get used to it and you kind of marvel at the beauty of the horror of it. And I can't say that about St. Anger. All right. (laughs) If I could just chime in, you said about the noise, what you just said, Ryan. Do you think it would be good to... Like, go to, this would be a good album to fall asleep to. Or it could be good ASMR. If you want to wake up screaming, yeah. <laughs> so you It know, is think- a real nightmare fuel, but it's like, it's for specific people. Like like I said, it's very David Lynchian. His sound and music does very similar. I could go to sleep to it, but I also, as a small child, could easily go to sleep to my parents playing very loudly Iggy and the Stooges and the Rolling Stones. So, uh, you know... You could go to sleep this, but um, the nightmares you would have. Yeah, Rage shook his head very, 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 very strongly. He, I mean, so he, he, he laid in the dark to listen to it. He, I mean, he definitely doesn't see this as ASMR. Absolutely not. Uh, yeah. All right. So my my turn for okay. Yeah. What I learned is how re- I learned how retrospective my opinion is of this album, which is fair enough because maybe I should have evaluated the album for what it was at the time. I think that's from Ryan's point of view. I also, I didn't consider it to be a joke. I can see it more as a self thing for Lou. There was just something to be fulfilled in Lou's life, whether it be pissing off the company or even pissing off his mum. Doesn't matter. (laughs) Um, At the end of the day, I think I've drove this point down to the ground. Metal Machine music is the is the guy wearing black in the corner, basically, and no one's talking to him at a party, basically. All it needs is the shining partner to come along, bring him into the party, and say, this is what he's all about, basically. Right. I think it needs that. But, yeah, that's it's just like I feel like Lou is a pusher for himself, and he didn't push <laughs> himself too much on this album. I think it was just, it's just like... There's just there needs to be a something else there. There needs to be a fulfillment, basically. Yeah, that's I. I was having another simile moment there, but I'm not going to do any more. <laughs> um, okay, the other two albums. Did you? But did you enjoy anything from this album? Metal Machine music. Yeah, I enjoyed its potential. Mm. Like I enjoyed like what it could what it could have been, basically. Yep. Yeah, but. And I enjoyed that it gave other people influence, like Trent Reznor or maybe even Sonic Youth, mm. perhaps, because I can hear it in Sonic Youth. The little bit of, you know, just... Well, they are they are noise rock, technically, right? Yeah. Whenever I think of Sonic Youth, I think of The Simpsons. <laughs> and Sonic Youth's near my cooler! Get out of there, you crazy kids! Ah, <laughs> oh, come on, Mr. Frampton, you're going to you know, all that watermelon by yourself! <laughs> Yeah, um, I did like it. So I would say I like it's potential, but I also didn't like that if it was just to piss off someone, then why not just make it just... <laughs> Good point. Like just an hour of... 
as opposed to like actually going to the effort of doing all this other stuff like experimentation and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I don't like that it could have been, you know, just to piss somebody off. Fine. I would have liked I would have liked to have known that it was just a self thing basically, and a much more self-meaningful thing. Right. The other two albums uh okay. Where do I begin? I'll I'll begin with San Anger because that's probably the more complicated one for me. I have an opinion on Lulu, and you know this opinion on Lulu because I didn't explain. You mean your half opinion? Yeah, my (laughs) half opinion. Um, So I know half of your opinion. Yeah. uh, So San Anger. Yeah, it because I think I've embellished myself in the history too much. I can't take it away. Like you know how you said you can't afford to do that with you. Just have to appreciate what it is. And I think, even though maybe I made a defense for all within my hands, but I think I, because I'm so embellished and I know the history all too well, I can't snatch it away and I can forgive Sananga for what it is, basically. I find it quite therapy. I think it's a quite nice therapy session for Metallica to do something like that. You know, even though they made Sananga, yes, it's boring. Yes, it's something, whatever you think it is, but it's just something that they did together as a group. Great. <laughs> and then there's Lulu. Okay, um, do I have to say something I liked about it? Or like, uh, well, you yeah. can, yeah, you or, can. Or but it's more like why it's not your hate compared. It's to not my before. hate because there were there were pretty substantial moments in it for me. I think, like, mm. it's like I think all the substantial moments were in Junior Dad. I think I so saw. I might be biased in saying that. So yeah, I think yeah, it had its moments more. It had more moments sticking out than Metal Machine music, or maybe even Saint Anger as opposed. Do you think this because it has lyrics? Yes. Right. I think you're too polite for Metal Machine music, Reese. I think you need what? to say something more negative about it because this is a competition, right? This is our hate record. We need the uh, listeners uh, uh, to decide right. which is worse. You're too right. polite. Now, you if Jesus was Greek, would he have hated this record? <laughs> Uh, for reference, Stefan, I <laughs> made the comment that if Jesus was Greek, he wouldn't have saved the tax collector. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what bothered me to k- say that, but... <laughs> no one knows. <laughs> so if Jesus was Greek, no! would, he, would, would he love this album? No. Why? Because why isn't he listening to Greek music? Oh, <laughs> got me there. <laughs> I think the problem is with hating Metal Machine music for Reese is it didn't evoke enough passion for him to hate it. I think that's the problem with two yeah. of these Were records. Were you bored as well bored? rather than hate? Was well, this a bored record rather I than hate I have a very bizarre imagination, bear in mind. Yeah. So I was on a journey, but what pissed me off was it, it wasn't there for real. Yeah. Like there wasn't something there for real. Like it just felt like then it needed to exist for me but it didn't doesn't sound like like your ear your eardrums start to bleed like when you played in the it, car they didn't because wow. i had it on a i had it on a good volume i didn't yeah blast it i knew what i was getting myself it's into. great it's great with headphones on hmm. yeah you can hear everything all of it it's a good way to stop people oh, i will say another defense of that is at least it's a good way to stop other people from talking to you <sighs> excuse me i'm trying to listen to I'm trying to hate listen to Metal Machine music. Don't bother me. I'm I can't hear to, you anyway. I'm up to part three. Yeah. Bit, <laughs> part you, know, you know the bit where it goes... <laughs> <laughs> My favourite bit. <laughs> That's the sound clip for the episode. So I think we all have come to the realisation that Slayer is the worst 
out of all the records we've talked about, Slayer no. in general is no, the disagree. worst out of them. Um, they okay. suck. Saw them live yesterday. So it was awesome. Great. A bunch so of great. weirdo conservatives. We yeah. had to say, we said goodbye, and we were very happy that he said goodbye. Mm. Yeah. Goodbye, Slayer. Yeah, Slayer wouldn't have made any of these records. No, 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 they're too weak. I could mm-hmm. see them making Lulu. I'm they're not too lie. weak. They're, yeah. t- they're too powerful for Lulu. Too powerful. They're too weak to have the balls to do it. Oh, well, have you it. met Kerry King? <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'm talking about musically. <laughs> well, oh, that's the end of. Uh, well, that's the end of it. We've all we've all picked our hate record. That's what I'm calling it now. The hate record. So to our dear Rock Capital listeners listening to this, please uh, get in contact with us, Rock Capital Pod on Facebook, or tweet at us, Rock Capital Pod on Twitter, at Rock Capital Pod. And um, there's actually an email too. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, I believe it's rockcapitalpodcast at gmail.com. I actually <laughs> should double check that. Speaking of emails, um, do you remember the last Spit and Polish episode I did? Yes. In Coneheads. Yes. And Bartek had mentioned the email address of Spit do, and Polish. Do you want to email my podcast, Spit and Polish Presents, where we talk about movies? And he literally just said the email and I forgot it. Like, Far out. And you were just like, get out of my house right now. Okay, get out of my house right now. I can say it now. Oh, don't say it on air. We're talking about Stefan's email. Yeah. Well, it is rockcapitalpodcast.com. I have no emails other than like Twitter, like things sent to me. Message um, him. Yeah, so send an email and uh, let me know which hate record do you hate the most, or what do you, th- or do you want to defend them? Whatever. So pick. Is it? Um, is it the awful Lutalica lewd Lou with too long and all this crap, or is it the ever boring, lifeless, still fetus that is Saint Anger by Metallica, or, or basically any metal band ever made ever, or or the half fulfilled. Metal Machine Music. Yes, please get in touch with us. This is the Rock Capital Podcast. Uh, there's another podcast that I created, which is Mosh Street Backstage. Please subscribe to that. And, of course, subscribe to Rock Capital po- um, Rock Capital Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. That would be great. Give us a rate, five stars. Five stars much better than all these albums. And, you know, just keep following us. Tell your friends about us. Get Grab that phone. Subscribe for them. <laughs> and I also do the Player One Show on Sin, on Sin Nation. Check that out on Facebook as well. We're on 8 to 10 p.m. It's on Sin Nation every Monday night. All right, so that's what's going on in my life, and you can also follow me at Stefan Bradley 3 on Twitter as well. All right, Ryan, what what do you, what do, you do? What's oh, your podcast? I have a podcast too. Spit and Polish Presents. We talk about movies. Uh, we, talk, we do audio commentaries for movies that don't deserve it, or we watch movies that we found at second-hand opportunity shops. We've had both Reese and Stefan on in the past. Not together at the same time, but we have had them on episodes. And you could uh, view those on any podcast platforming site that you can find. And we're on all the social... We're on the Twitter and the Facebook under 
Spin Posh Presents as well, you can find us easy. Yes, and I was recently on your Mystery Box episode. That was a fun one, so definitely go listen to that. Mm. And, uh, all right, so, Reese, what is going on with you? I have no podcasts. You don't have a podcast? I I have you two guys, basically. Wow. Are you going to start your own podcast now because we've inspired you? No. But what I do have is a band, people, and it's called Iscarion. We're a death metal band. How do you spell it? E-S-C-A-R-I-O-N. Oh, okay. Uh, I forgot what I was going to say. You can check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and or Spotify, iTunes, to check out our Pinnacle of Neglect EP, ladies and gentlemen. The five-song EP, Pinnacle of Neglect, Ryan's favourite EP. Uh, Are you on SoundCloud? We are on SoundCloud, Are you on Bandpage? Bandcamp? We are on Bandcamp, yes. Are you on MySpace and you have your own music as your selected music for your MySpace (laughs) page? But if you notice, the intro music to Rock Capital is the pinnacle of neglect. Am I right? That's right, yes. And funny enough, one of the themes that we mentioned in this episode was that these albums could have been EPs. And Reese figured this out because he made an EP and it's very, very good. So, you guys should learn from Reese. And uh, but you are working on an album, is that right? We are writing an album. So you're making that mistake. (laughs) (laughs) Is it going to be 90 minutes long, or it's going to be longer than that? Is it going to be like a metal album where you talk about feeling spermless like a girl? Yes. Are you going to scream, marry me, marry me, marry me, like Lulu? No. That's the best part of frustration, by the way. We, we, we are talking about sins on this album. Oh, Ooh. and sin media sins? Oh, oh yeah, sin, well, sin, sin. that's unrelated, though. But oh, okay. I will say, Reese, you have an issue, though, and that is you no longer have a drummer. We no longer have a drummer. So, so if you know how to play cowbell, they've got a fever for you to <laughs> give it to them. Please. If anyone's please. from the rock capital of Melbourne and uh, can dedicate themselves to actually being in a, a band. Dr- being in a band, not just showing up every now and then. <laughs> Reese, what are you looking for in a drummer? They have to be Melbourne-based, right? Can they be Melbourne. someone that's an elderly old lady for the Salvation Army that do their drums? Yeah. <laughs> for, <laughs> we'll take it. Like those police those police, um, like police bands that go to the schools. The police marches, yeah. Yeah, yeah, police marches. <laughs> if you know anybody or are somebody that plays the drums, please, and... I don't care what your background we don't care what your background is just if you are up for the challenge of death metal please give us a call yeah. and you can catch you can message us on Facebook if you would like and you can message us on Instagram if you want as well or even Twitter or even the tweets or even the tweets if you're one of those little toy monkeys that play the little drums you message wind them us. up message them that's the end of the uh, metal sludge match so please let us know what your favourite is and if you want to know what kind of if you're a drummer who think you're drumming for Reese's band well we're going to play the outro which features which starts with a little drum roll oh yes and uh, so you'll be able to hear right there and then whether you're suited for the band thanks very much everyone this is the Rock Capital Podcast and we will see you next time pow pow I am the table <laughs> <laughs>